Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. trade deadline coming up in Kelsey there's already been a few movers and some big ones potentially on the move coming up yeah definitely uh you got Eric Sogard going to the Braves um Braves looking to be buyers I mean they're back in in contention again and with the injuries or Dansby Swanson and Nick Markakis you gotta need the the utility guy to replace them Uh, Eric Sogard former giant um, fits that perfectly uh then another former giant on the move um (laughs) ironically enough Sergio Romo, the slider extraordinaire, um, late-game specialist. He's going to the Twins from the Marlins. And again, another team, the Twins, leading this at AL Central, trying to hold on to a lead. Uh, Big-time buyers right now. We only have three days until trade deadline hits. I know there's a waiver deadline, so you know some of these moves still might happen later on. But um, it's interesting to see so far just the uh, the teams that recently haven't been good. Now they're, they're able to be buyers again in the Twins and the Braves. Um, the A's, another team that's a big-time buyer right now. So it's, it's going to be interesting going forward. Um, got guys like Syndergaard and Wheeler out there for the Mets that are are gaining a lot of interest and, ironically, by the A's. Um, are they top contenders for them, it looks like? The Yankees looking at Marcus Stroman. But here comes the but. The Blue Jays want their top prospect. And will the Yankees, who have been rebuilding through the farm system, will they be willing to part with that guy? I don't I don't know. That's interesting. The Yankees aren't exactly known as a build through the farm system type team. They're a, hey, take my money and join the team who, if you have been to an all-star game or if you're really good, like Alex Rodriguez and guys like that throughout their, basically throughout their entire organization's history. So this yeah. is interesting to see them rebuilding in a more traditional sense. Yeah, I mean, other than their, their pitching staff, it seems like they've been their field players. I mean, all the guys on the field pretty much have 
come through their system in the last five years. Aaron Judge. I mean, obviously you have John John Carlos Stanton out there sitting out there, but leaving him out of that inclusion. Um, you know, you got Bird. You have a guy who's injured for playing third base that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, and he's going through a suspension right now. Um, but oh my! Or and Duhar is who the third baseman was. Uh, but yeah, you got you got guys all over the place in in New York that are just young upcoming players to their farm system. So it's it's kind of surprising to see that from the Yankees. But yeah, it'll be interesting whether they go back to the late two thousand Yankees and just buy the talent, basically. You know. Exactly. And you mentioned the Giants earlier. There's former Giants. So we're going to talk about a current Giant who might be on the move. The Giants are one of those teams. Just some that we've seen. They're win the World Series, fall off. Win the World Series, fall off. They're a little bit off, but they're not out of the race yet. What do you see them doing with Madison Bumgarner since he's on the trade block, but at the same time he's not? Are they contenders? Are they buyers? Or are they sellers? They're kind of in a weird spot. Yeah, no, they definitely are. They're they're back in, in contention for a wild card spot. And, you know, you looked at this at the All-Star break. You're like, okay, they're obviously getting rid of Madison Bumgarner. It's a guarantee. And look at it now. After the All-Star break, they've stormed back. Um, back in contention for a wild card. They're actually in position to do it and I wonder what they're going to do with him um, for me I have a hard time looking at it and seeing Mad Bum walking at the end of the season but at the same time he's done so much for your organization I almost feel like he has the right to at the end of the day it's one of those things like maybe you reward him for being such a long time servant and doing what he's done for your team I mean you don't win the 2016 World Series you don't win the 2014 World Series or no sorry 2014 World Series and the 2012 World Series without Mad Bum so, I, I don't. I almost say you just. I hate to do it because I am a Giants fan, but I. I mean, if you're not gonna sell, if you're not gonna trade for a lot of young prospects right now, if you want to fight for that wild card spot, you need them on your team because I don't know if there's a better workhorse currently in the MLB than what Mad Bum can do for you. And the question is, if you do decide to trade him, what do you get back in return? So you don't want to just get rid of him and get some irreplaceable parts and throwaway contracts or a couple of potential good prospects. You kind of want a full you want a full farm. You want all of it. You want a lot for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely feel like if you're going to get rid of Mad Bum, it's got to be the right situation. Um, kind of tease basketball recently. The Anthony Davis trade for the Pelicans. Like, you know, what do you get for him at the trade deadline? If it's not a lot, you don't let him go. And you wait till the offseason when you can field better offers, you know? Exactly. Um, so maybe that's what in this case, it wouldn't be fielding better offers in the offseason. It would be just letting him walk, but it's like you almost have to. Um, another team kind of like the Giants, though, right now, Cleveland. The Cleveland Indians, they are second in the Central, but they're still in that wild card spot. But they're in talks of selling and buying on both sides. They're in talks of trying to get Yasiel Puig from the, the Reds, but they're also in talks of getting rid of one of their best aces in Trevor Bauer, recent Cy Young winner who is... You're, you're, you're stalwart in your starting lineup. Like, they're another team that this early week, early part of this week will determine whether or not they're going to be buyers or sellers. And, and honestly, unfortunately for one of them, maybe both of them, they're both going to end up being sellers by the actual day of the trade deadline. So we'll see what that happens. It's one of these, I feel like the teams are almost looking like we're buyers and sellers. We're going to see which deal clicks first. If we get a deal that lets us compete and buy, we're going to take that one. If we get a better one for selling, we're just going to say screw it because – they're in that tweener zone where they can get in, and you never know what happens when you can get in. You just have to get it as a wild card, and you can make a run. Exactly. But at the same time, it's like, well, 
we're not going to win it all. Why do we want to go in there? They're in that tweener situation like OKC was to go back to basketball. They just decided, screw it, we're restarting. Yeah. So it makes these baseball teams, there's a lot more wheeling and dealing at the trade deadline. The trade deadline in MLB is kind of like the NBA offseason. Everybody goes everywhere. Everybody switches up. So yeah. I'm curious to see who establishes we are going for and who just concedes. Because I think this is where a lot of fans, probably the ones that go to every game, they see their team start to sell. They're like, well, okay, we're not going to go anymore because we know we're going to suck. So I think some of the economics could play some of the factors in this as well, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny to see this this trade deadline, though, compared to others. The A's being a really big buyer right now. And, and just in, over the history, since you go back to Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder, Barry Zito, they sold fast on those guys. They never really keep anyone. Either they are yeah. competing and they don't change anything, or they get rid of everybody. They're not yeah. really. They're one of those teams that they build through the farm, and they can, they will happily sell. If, if it's for the right price. So, I mean, it's funny to see them as buyers. And then on the opposite side of the bay, you see the Giants there Tween. kind of in between. And I, I will say, I mean, looking at the Giants and the Indians as those two potential, they can go either way. If I were to be, like, putting my bias aside from the Giants, if I were to look at it and be like, all right, who needs it long-term to buy and who needs long-term to sell? I look at the Giants and I, I honestly think they might just want to... I'm not going to condone packing it in for this season, but I will say them trading Madison Bumgarner would not be the worst thing they could do. If they get prospects in return that are promising, I do think they would be the team out of the two between the Indians and the Giants that I would say probably needs to look at overhauling the roster long-term because they got some aging pieces there. I mean, you have Pablo Sandoval playing meaningful meaningful innings for you. Like, I mean, come on. The guy has been cut many times for health issues and for not being able to hit and for attitude problems. Like, it's it's a matter of time before you, he's doing it again. So, unfortunately, I do say the Giants, as a Giants fan, I'm like, I'm cringing saying this. It hurts. It's, But I do think they do need to be sellers at the end, of the, you know, for this trade deadline. Try to get young pieces to build with. And on the flip side, I think the Indians do need to be buyers because it's the Twins ahead of them. I mean... We all know the Twins like to pack it in every once in a while. They like to fold. It's not the Torrey Hunter Twins we're talking about anymore. It's a, it's a whole new level of the Twins that we don't know what they're capable of. So you might want to prepare that they could fall apart. Exactly. And you could take it from them, too. If you build a little momentum, you make the right deal, you take off at the back end of the season, they dip a little bit. Because they haven't been that good for a while. They've been decent, but they haven't been basically a top contender, if you want to call them that. Yeah. So maybe they don't handle the successful. Maybe they take a few lumps along the way, too. And, unfortunately, we always hate to talk about it. But injuries, you never know when someone's going to – on the Twins are going to get injured. And then right there, the Indians could take right off and surpass them. I mean, it's not that big of a lead ahead of them. Exactly. Yeah, no, this is just – this is a unique one, honestly. A unique trade deadline coming up. Just you don't have your usual buyers and sellers in there. I mean, you have the Yankees still, who somehow have pieced together a positive season from literally losing your starting 20 – five-man roster basically like it's crazy to me that you have have had over 30 injury reports like injury players on an injury report and you're still you know in contention like that's just crazy to think about they're one of those weird teams they're kind of like the spurs in the nba or even the patriots to an extent they're just always in it no matter what or i guess maybe the steelers because the patriots win all the dang time yeah but they're like those two teams they're just always in it no matter what it's like oh everybody's gone they're still in contention they're never out of it it seems like even if they're not going to even go to the playoffs one year, they're still in it somehow. Exactly. 
Well, as you mentioned, the fo- NFL. We are in the midst of the NFL's top 100 release. Ah, uh, the annual top 100, where yeah. everyone complains and no one is happy. Exactly. It's like Madden ratings. Everybody hates it and everybody mm-hmm. loves it at the same time. The only time you're happy is if you're number one. So, and even probably they're not that happy. And even then, is most of the time when it's number one, it's like, oh, that's cool, but I gotta do it again. It's <laughs> exactly. too, they're not not as exuberant as they should be. Exactly. So looking at it, we're at number four. They just released forty-one through fifty. So that means we have had number forty-ones all the way down to number one hundred released. Um, what's your perspective on it so far? So far, when I look at it, there's a lot of good names. I don't disagree with a lot of people on there. I mean, I look at Christian McCaffrey finally getting some love looking at number 42. He's one of the best backs in the league, and he's starting. To, they're starting to show it. It's that picture. I think it's the, the it's biceps the arms, picture. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's got to be. And Juju Smith-Schuster, number 47. I'm. That's a bit going from not on the list at all to 47. He's slowly establishing himself. Miles Garrett. Baker Mayfield, spot number 50 for the second year in a row. A rookie quarterback at number 50 after Deshaun Watson at 51. So... I like a lot of the players I've seen so far. I mean, when I look at it, I don't see anybody where it's like, how dare he be on this list? I mean, yeah. you look at Fitzgerald. Byron Jones is a little bit lower than I thought. I thought he could have been a little higher. Same with Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller was a first-team All-Pro corner, and he's in the 90s. I think you could have put him a little higher. Yeah, honestly, this list so far, I haven't had too many questions. I think it's what's coming up that has me intrigued. I mean, you got basically the elite players are the ones coming up next. The guys that are All-Pros, perennial Pro Bowlers, the guys who are winning. Basically, the award winners are coming up is a simple way to put it. Yeah, you know the one person I looking at this list, I had maybe I'm wrong, maybe I just missed him. Um, but the defensive rookie of the year last year, ah, Darius Leonard, is eh? not on this list yet. And I and I'm looking at, it, I'm making sure I'm not missing him right now, but I do not see him. And I do wonder because they have Leighton on here and they have Leighton in the 70s so which is a pretty good spot for a rookie who's played who can't didn't even play all 16 games if i'm not mistaken he didn't even start the first couple weeks yeah this is it makes me wonder are the players recognizing an actual talent and putting him in the top 40 or or did he completely get snuffed and just thrown to the wind and and if so that just continues the off season of snubbing darius leonard we are big darius leonard's on fans on this show so it's you know we're, we're rooting. I mean, you can't say the guy gets a record number of tackles and say he's just mediocre. That He deserves something for it. He's the maniac for a reason. I agree with you on that one. He's coming up. One thing I've been looking at this list, I was scrolling through it right there while I was listening. There's a lot of guys that quote-unquote dropped. Like, they, yeah. like I look at it now. Calais Campbell drops 40 spots from 14 to 54. Bosa from 37 to 56. A.J. Green, who unfortunately we just heard today about his injury, he's out for about two months. Hope he heals up. He's a great receiver, great person. I hope nothing, nothing but Paris. Hopefully, he gets gets back and ready to roll as soon as possible. No, you don't want to see anyone injured, especially in the last year of their contract, if I'm not mistaken, too. Oh yeah. He's another one who dropped from 58 to 22. When I look at him, it's not like they had bad seasons. I really think Carson Wentz, of course, I can't say dropped without Carson Wentz going from 96 yeah. from three to 96. The biggest mover right there, no doubt in my mind. And that's mostly due to injuries. And when he came back, he definitely wasn't 100. percent and yeah. even Demarcus Lawrence dropping a few. It's not that they played bad by any means whatsoever. I think there's just that many other players that showed out this year. I mean, Patrick Peterson was still a Pro Bowl corner, and he he doubled his spot. He went from 23 to 46. But you saw so many emerging guys: Juju Smith-Schuster, Christian McCaffrey, Leighton Vander Esch, Daniil Hunter, just Jalen Smith, James Conner, who I think is a little bit high. 62 is a little high for James Conner. I think he's a really good top 15 running back, but I think he's being overrated. Because everyone saw him come in for Le'Veon Bell and play pretty well. They're like, oh, he can do everything Bell can do. 
No, he can't. <laughs> he is really good, but he is like a, in the 80s is where he should be. He's If he does it again next year, that is fantastic. That means he has proved he is good. But right now, we are jumping the gun too much because everyone hates Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, and I look at it right now. I mean, there's you look at 64 through 68, you got like Amari, Jason Pierre-Paul, Eric Ebron, D. Ford, Philip Lindsay, all guys who were not on the list the year before. And then 70, T.Y. Hilton, who wasn't on the list before either. That's, yeah. what is that, six out of seven players in a row? That have all just broken into a list that they weren't on the year before. And now, a couple of those guys, Amari Cooper finding new home, Jason Pierre-Paul finding a new home, Eric Ebron finding a new home Coming and a quarterback. from the depths of hell, basically. D. Ford showing, showing out for a Chiefs defense that really, really... They needed he them. was the only threat besides Houston on the other side. I mean, like... Basically, for the Chiefs defense last year, they between Ford, Houston, and Jones is either we sacked them three and out, we get the ball back, or shoot, 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. There's no in-between. So that's... You don't win 12 games without getting quite a few sacks when that's your defense. Exactly. And so you, you look at that, and you, you see a lot of guys that kind of had a breakout season that are getting thrown on there, and I feel like we'd be remiss if we don't use this as a great segue into probably our unanimous number one choice... And Patty Mahomes being number one, I mean... MVP, 50 touchdowns. It's about who was the best last year is how I take this. Who is the best player of 2019? I, you can, I don't think you should say, oh, who's the best going into 20... That's not the name of the list. Who is the best players from last year? That's how I look at it. I guess it would be of 2018 since that was the season, but we're doing in 2019. So, however you want to rank it, the point is, is who are the best players last year? <laughs> who had a better year than Patty Mahomes? Tom Brady had a... He, I know Tom Brady was won the Super Bowl, and I know Edelman was MVP, but... They didn't have better years. Edelman was suspended, and Brady was, by Brady's standards, he was pretty terrible. I mean, he was obviously really good. He should have been, he should have been a Pro Bowl starter or a Pro Bowl vote in. He should have been like an alternate. He still had twenty plus touchdowns. I think it was like twenty seven. Not too bad on the interceptions. A good amount of yards. In the playoffs, he didn't play that great either. In that Super Bowl, he was pretty average. I mean, he made a couple big throws down down at the end because he's Tom Brady. We all know that. Against yeah. the Chiefs, he was terrible. He got bailed out by D four being offsides, really. Yeah, no, he did, twice. He, he did make the he did make the throws like that one to Gronkowski. Obviously, he won the game. And against the Chargers, well, against the Chargers, they did whatever they wanted. I know Brady had a lot of yards, but Sony Michelle ran all over him. Yeah, they were more of a run based team. Tom Brady's still the goat. I'm not trying to trash him for all the Patriot fans. Tom Brady's the best quarterback, arguably of all time. To <laughs> re- he has the best resume of all time for <laughs> sure on paper. However you want to word, word it. We'll Regardless, agree on that one. <laughs> all right, his resume as far as Super Bowl rings, MVPs, and all that stuff is second to none. We'll leave it that way. He's absolutely, absolutely in the conversation. I mean, but last year, what he should not, he should, maybe you could put since he went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, was the quarterback was still pretty good. You could probably put him at like, in the top ten, maybe the lower end of the top ten, depending. But it was Patrick Mahomes' year last year. Even against those Patriots, he sucked for a half, and in the second half, he scored enough to win every other game of the year. So yeah, and we talked about another. I uh, mean, we're in the top of quarterbacks and kind of. Looking at it based off of what they did in 2018, um, ideally that's how they should be ranked, right? Uh, the one name that we both talked about before the show that is not on this list that, as a Cowboys fan, I'm worried about uh, is Dak is not on this list. And to be honest, looking at these names, I don't think he should be on this list. If he's going to be on the list, he should have been a little farther down, which we kind of talked about Ben Roethlisberger. He's a big – we didn't talk about him, but I'm going to bring him down. He was 18. He dropped the 44. He, it's, he's a weird enigma. He led the league in passing yards last year and completions – but he was kind of terrible at the same time. Yeah, he was a weird enigma. He I don't know. he went he went big or stayed at home. I mean, there was no in between for. Big and he ben. cost his team some games. Like, it's weird because he has so many good moments, but so many bad moments. And you hear all the AB drama and all the weird stuff afterwards. So, I think Ben should be farther down, and Dak should be in that vicinity. Like, 
let's say Ben's at 60, Dak should be at like 70, something like that. Like, I think they did similar things. Like, Dak did do as many big things, but he actually kind of helped his team win, or at least didn't get in the way. And he showed pretty good intangibles in, in spite of everything. Big Ben had the big numbers, but showed terrible intangibles, and meh, he had a lot of those moments where he got... He threw an interception to a defensive lineman, a quote Antonio Brown. He hit the defensive tackle with a perfect pass. He really did, Denver. yeah. So, uh, yeah, next, I mean, I'm looking at that. I'm like, Dak better not be ahead of these guys. I mean, he would be the sec- second, maybe third highest ranked cowboy on the list, depending Behind on where Zeke. they put Travis Frederick and Zeke. If Frederick even makes a list because of his injuries. I say, since he didn't play, it'd be weird to put him on there. And normally when somebody misses the whole season, they put them basically at 50. Like when Peyton Manning missed the whole season, they put him at 50 because it was like, well, he didn't play. You can't put him on here. Then everyone else is like, he should be number one because look how bad the Colts suck without him. So when it comes to it comes to Frederick, he's obviously a top 100 player when he's playing. He's not playing, so I don't think you put him on there. Which leads us to, like we just said, Zeke's on this list. If he's not on this list, his list is broken. He's a, the second or third best running back in the league. He might even be the first. It depends on what you think. Yeah. And if Dak's your second best Cowboy, that's a little, it's a little reckless with the rankings, I believe. Yeah. So that leads us. We're looking at like that top ten we mentioned. We think Patty's gonna be number one. What kind of players do you expect to see in the top ten? I mean, we all kind of have an idea, but what are you thinking? Who do you think? If you had to pick right now, just on the players you see that are there, who you think will be left? Who do you think will be in the top ten? Order doesn't really matter. Uh, definitely, we talked about the Madden '99 guys the <laughs> last last show. Uh, so you got your DeAndre Hopkins, your Khalil Mack, your Bobby Wagner, and wow, Aaron Donald. Thank you. I'm <laughs> like my brain just shut off. Yeah, Aaron Donald. Um, you got Jared Goff probably sneaking into the top ten. You think so? Huh? I do think he's right there, that ten, that nine range. Um, I think Todd Gurley misses out because of injury. And you, we already mentioned Patty Mahomes too. Yeah, you know, so you got you got your six right there. You mentioned Tom Brady. I think he reaches in that t- back end. Uh, Drew Brees will be in there. He should if be. If he's not in that list, we're boycotting the world. <laughs> um, beyond them, though, uh, maybe Luke Keekley and God, I don't even know. Ten, maybe Jalen Ramsey, not, finishing yeah. out of ten. Um, it's going to be a defensive guy up there. I mean, they can't. They got to put a DB up there, otherwise the list. If somebody's going to, you're going to hear Jalen Ramsey talking smack all season long. Yeah, he was at like, I don't. He was, I think he was in the top twenty. I don't remember the exact number. Maybe nineteen last year, and he was complaining. So I mean, yeah. you never know. And he didn't. He didn't really do much to improve his stock last year. But same time, he's still. I mean, I, I have a hard time finding somebody to replace him with in that top DB spot, maybe Casey Hayward. But with that said, Casey Hayward doesn't get the love. He's in He's in L.A., San Diego. You know, I'm no, I still refuse to call them L.A. Um, I think Casey Hayward's that guy who's a really good corner because he doesn't really get thrown at because he basically yeah. covers the guy. He kind of like a better non-Diosmo was back in the day where it's like, well, we know he's good because no one throws at him, but we don't know how good he is. Yeah, exactly. He was... No, before Namdi Osmoa became Namdi Osmoa and got that big huge paycheck. Yeah, like that's where Raiders, he's at right now. Raiders Namdi basically. In case he breaks up more passes, I think like he gets more targets because that Chargers secondary is loaded from top to bottom. For sure. So I agree with you on the four Madden ninety nines. We're looking at Patty Mahomes. Duh. So yeah. there's five. Let's see, I think Tyreek Hill squeaks into like ten. Just I, I see them doing something like that. I'm gonna say Todd Gurley and Jalen Ramsey. So I'm gonna. I'm going to throw Todd Gurley in there as well. I know he got injured, but he's still Todd Gurley. Jalen Ramsey, we're going to agree on that one. So there's about eight. Hmm. This is where it kind of gets interesting. Because yeah, there's like two you, weird spots that are kind of open there. And it comes down, it, to me, it comes down to a lot of whether they include guys that didn't play last season. Because like Le'Veon Bell, if he played, I still think he's a top 10, top 15 player. 100%. He was like number five last year. But I don't so. think they'll include him because he didn't play. I'm going to, 
I'm going to stick with that premise as flawed as it may seem. I'm going to say he didn't play last year, so we're going to keep him out. I'm going to say Julio squeaks in there again. He's been in there perennially when he's played, so I'm going to say Julio's in there. Th that number 10 spot's tough because I want to put Drew Brees there, but I wonder there's so many. There's Tom Brady as well. There's Andrew Luck. There's Russell Wilson. There's so Phillip many. Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Aaron exactly. Rodgers. I mean, yeah, there's all these guys that just players love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it Somehow. to Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady, but I think it's going to be very contentious. I think once that top 10 comes out, people, or I'll say once the 20 through 11 come out and we know who the top 10 are, people are going to be like, well, wait a minute now. Because yeah. I think that 11 through 20 is going to really be interesting. And, and we'll definitely come back to this once they actually finish releasing, which tonight when we actually release this, they'll have more, you know, they'll have 31 through 40 tonight. So we'll, we're going to be, you know, a little behind on that one. So sorry if you're listening to us after they've released the other numbers. And watch half we'll of get, our top tens just be released tonight too, so we just look silly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just how it always works. But no, I just it is going to be interesting to see who they put in the top ten because there were so many breakouts and so many guys – didn't have good years that are normally a top 10, not top 15 Aaron player. Aaron Rodgers is currently a top 10 when he's not injured, and this year he wasn't really injured. I mean, I know he had that little injury. Well, not little. That's not fair. But he had that injury, but it didn't stop him from playing. But when yeah. he did play, he was – well, we, we've heard the reports, basically. It's been, it, was, it wasn't pretty. Speaking of – sorry, I just thought of that injury thing. You know who I just noticed wasn't on this list is Mitch Trubisky. Is he just not that good? Are, are people just seeing him just as not that good as just a game manager, or are they just – or are they about to overrate the heck out of him? Yeah, or are are they about to throw him way up there and give him way too much credit? And that's that's one of those guys that I wonder about because I hear a lot of Bears. We're we're in the central part of the U.S., so I hear a lot of Bears fans talking around us that they love Mitch, but they hate his his play style. And I'm like, he does exactly what you need him to. He's a game. I use that game manager term, and if you heard our last talk about it, I, the way I rank it as like an Alex Smith with a little more chutzpah. A little is, extra mustard on it. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Mitch, Mitch, is, Mitch has got a little extra to just be more than just a game manager. He can get out of the pocket. He can get you the extra yards. And honestly, being a game manager in the NFL isn't that bad. You get paid $20 million a year to be a game manager in the NFL. So The worst part about Mitch Trubisky is he is so – nothing makes sense. One play, he will throw an absolute dime to Allen Robinson or Taylor Gabriel up the seam over the linebacker between two safeties. Beautiful touchdown. Next minute, he'll throw a slant and hit the ground or get it picked off by a defensive <laughs> tackle. He's, he's so consistently inconsistent, and it's not really something that's tangible. Like, it's not really his mechanics. It's not like, oh, that's wild. It's just, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I did watch, like, a film breakdown video of him, and that's pretty much what they said is the one thing he asked for him is the fourth quarter when it's time to ramp it up. Boy, does he. Like, in that playoff game against the Eagles, he got them in position. He threw the probably the dime of the playoffs, depending on how you rank it. I mean, obviously – I think I have to agree with you. I mean, there was like the Tom Brady to Gronkowski up the sideline over Eric Berry and against the Chiefs. I mean, there's different ones you can, however you look at it. I mean, Goff threw some good ones. Luck threw some good ones against the Texans. Deshaun Watson. like Jabez threw a great one that got, oh, you know. Yeah, that. Broken up by pass interference, but no big deal. Moving on from that. Sorry, We're not Saints. salty about that still. Sorry, Saints fans. Didn't mean to rub that one. But anyway, so he throws an absolute dart to get them in position before the, the kicker missed the field goal and clanked it off. Oh, Cody Parkey. <sighs> R.I.P. Bears kickers. <laughs> and I, I picked the Bears as a dark horse for the Super Bowl. If they get by that game, I think they beat the Saints because the Saints did not look good against the Rams. They did not look good. There was something about them when they hit the playoffs. They kind of fell off. I know they should have beat the Rams to get to the Super Bowl, but they didn't. Yeah. And against the Eagles, they looked like, look like trash early on in that game, which 
I don't know. I think the Bears could have a strong chance at the Super Bowl if they get by that. You never know. Because I think Mitch was only going to go uphill from there. Sometimes a play like that propels you into a level you never saw before. Like Nick Foles during the Super Bowl. Against Atlanta, he was not that great, if we remember correctly. But then when he goes into Minnesota, big game Nick comes swinging out and just starts lighting it up and then against the Patriots. Sometimes it just takes a few... Sometimes it just takes a few of throws to get you where you need to be. So I think Mitch is... I don't think he's going to be on this list this year, but I think he's going to be on it next year, especially if Matt Nagy is the head coach, and they are loaded from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. No, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward. Now that he has that offensive coach, it'll be... It's weird to see them without Jordan Howard. They don't have that Bears running back to plot forward and get you yards. Now they have Tariq Cohen, Montgomery from Iowa State. Like, they got... They got multi-purpose backs. They don't have a banger, which I'm kind of intrigued to see because the Bears are always known for having bangers. Even Thomas Jones, Cedric Benson, Walter Payton, they, they've always had they've always had that guy to get you the rough hard four. Yeah, Thomas Jones was never like a guy if you looked at on paper. Like if you looked at his measurables, you were like, oh yeah, he runs outside of the tackles. But then you look at him watching during the game, his biggest breaks, like he would break a 60-yard run running straight up the middle. And you're just like, wait, what? How? Dude, what? And he doesn't weigh a lot, but he has at least 50 pounds per arm with how big his biceps are. Yeah. Good luck tackling that. I mean, he had running back legs, and then his running back legs were attached to his shoulders, too. Was, yeah. Like, good luck He had tackling. tree trunks for legs and shoulders. It was like, crazy. Like, that was a, he was a big man that wasn't that big. He was so – that's what I'm curious to see is the Bears are – last time we saw them stray from a defensive team to an offensive team with Mark Trespin and Jay Cutler and all those receivers, well, yeah, we're, they're not there now. Yeah. Now we see them with that defense, the best defense in the league, arguably, probably the, one of the most talented. But they're kind of an offensive team at the same time. They're a weird enigma. I'm, I just like the Bears on paper. They're just fun to look at. They're just fun. I don't know how to explain and, it. And I do think there will be at least two more Bears on this list, excluding Khalil Mack. I do think there will be a couple more higher up. You do have Eddie Jackson still not on this list. He is. Our, he needs to be on this list. If he gets left off this list, that is a travesty because that man – that man balls out. He, I think he might be taking the mantle as the best safety in the league. I mean, I know, yeah. I know, Thomas still is up there. Everyone's like, oh, Earl Thomas is still the best, and he's awesome. But I think Eddie Jackson's coming for that throne. I mean, yeah. Thomas can't hold it forever. No, Weddle I mean, and those guys can't hold it forever. Harrison, <laughs> I don't know, man. I and Eric Weddle just barely holding on to the top 100 spot, literally at number 100. But I do think, I do think we'll see. Eddie Jackson up there, and maybe Fuller as well might be the other one that breaks in. Fuller is actually way down at the bottom. Of the Did list. he really? Oh, I missed his name. They then. put him at ninety-five. He's the one I mentioned earlier. I thought it should be a lot higher because he was a first-team. That's, that's all, painful. First-team All-Pro and tied for the league leading interceptions, but well, barely cracks in. In that case, we will have two more, yeah. but it will include Kalum. <laughs> I will say too, the one thing that kills Fuller is he tied for the league leading interceptions, but he should have doubled that. But he has hands made of absolute granite because he dropped so many interceptions. If he could catch the ball, he would be so far ahead on this list just from the, his pure numbers alone. He'd probably be in the double-digit picks comfortably no if he doubt. knew how to just make the diamond and squeeze the ball. Exactly. Yeah, thumbs together, fingers together. <laughs> when it's, it's low, pinky to pinky. That's exactly. Stupid. It's the simple things, guys. Come on. We, we were taught this back in Little League. Just rub some stick on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you got to exactly. wonder where Antonio Brown ranks. I mean, he was number two last year to Tom Brady. Do you? Does he still – is he high on that list, or with all the shenanigans, does he drop a little bit? And, I mean, he didn't have a great statistical season last year by any means, so – He did have a lot of touchdowns. I will give him that. If I'm not mistaken, he led the league in touchdowns. If not, he was right there, but, but it yeah, was not the, an A-B season by any No, means. yeah. I mean, it honestly was under the radar for him, so you do wonder, does he drop out of the top ten? We both have him out of our top ten, so. I have him in, like, that 13-ish spot. I kind of have him in the intermix with guys like Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, guys that are 
really good. Those guys, their teams overperformed where AB's underperformed, weirdly enough. So Yeah, I have him I have him as a top five receiver, so I mean he's gonna be in the top twenty five. It just I don't I can't see him putting ahead of him putting him ahead of Julio. Definitely not DeAndre Hopkins. And, yeah, definitely not DeAndre. No doubt. DeAndre was the number one receiver in the league last year. Mark it up, chalk it up, whatever you want to do. Put it in a permanent marker on your phone. Like I mean, you it, do it's locked in. If the, anyone who disagrees is just being silly. Yeah, they're just ignorant. There must be some some Jaguars fans. Is probably what it is. Oh boy, you went there. But oh, as we I went look, there. As we look at it too, where does Odell Beckham go? Because he had. Speaking of guys who fell off, he did not have an Odell Beckham season, but at the same time, he played a lot and he still did big things. He's still Odell Beckham. Yeah. When he was healthy last time that he was fully healthy, he was way up there on the list. He was one of the. If I'm not mistaken, he's in the top ten. Yeah. Does he make the top ten this year, or is he getting left off this list altogether? Do we hear his name tonight? I'm curious to see where he goes. Yeah, I feel like we'll probably hear it tonight. I don't see him breaking the top 25. I do think he's going to be just outside that top five receiver, which is kind of a travesty to think about it. I mean, he is skill level-wise. I do think he's a top five receiver, but you're right. Last year, we didn't see it. Well, where were you, guy? He he arguably wasn't the best Giants player last year because they're still Saquon's Barkley. Yeah, I mean, not the best Giants player, and he's not the best Browns player last year. I think Jarvis had a better season than him last year, and Jarvis we saw dropped in the rankings. So that's even more shocking. Like, I don't know. Like, how, Yeah, where do you put him at is a good question. This is that weird part of the NFL season where it's right before the preseason and the training camps get go get really going because a lot of the veterans still aren't. Like Some of the Colts players like Andrew Luck, T.Y. aren't even going in. You see a lot of guys like Zeke's holding out. There's not a lot of veteran guys in there, so training is still it's mandatory training camp, but it's mostly for the young guys. So we do all this ranking <laughs> it's, stuff. It's and this, mandatorily optional. <laughs> it's optionally mandatory, however you word <laughs> yeah. it. And then, so we do a lot of this speculating stuff, and it's fun. I mean, we look at who we think is going to be great. I mean, we're basically playing real-life Madden with rankings at this point. Absolutely. It's our favorite time of the year. All right, well, any more on the top 100 right now? Or are you good? We're, we're good until next week? Don't shaft Darius Leonard. Get him <laughs> on here somewhere. I, I do agree with that. Darius Leonard does need to be here, and just leave leave Dak off, is my opinion on that. Um, but to move away from NFL, move away from the gridiron, move towards the cage fights last night. What's your what What did you see, guy? It was an interesting night of fights because there wasn't a whole lot of high profile fights, but most of them are pretty good. Like there wasn't a lot of guys where it's like I have to see him or her besides the main and the co-main. But it was a pretty good night of fights. I enjoyed most of them. I'm mostly going to talk about the co-main and the main because they were the ones that stuck out to me. Co-main event, the return of Cyborg. How did, I kind of tweeted about this yesterday. Does she come back after losing to Nunez a little gun-shy? Was she missing something? How, does she, how do we see her return? She hasn't lost in like 12 years, and that was her MMA debut. That doesn't even really count. And then Spencer. She came off beating Megan Anderson, who was touted as like the next contender for Cyborg in the next Big Featherweight, but she beat her. And we saw them go out in the co-main and... First of all, Spencer is tougher than an old leather boot. My God, she took a thousand shots from Cyborg, who throws absolute bombs. And Cyborg, she looked, I'm not going to say as good as ever, but she didn't miss a beat. She was vicious. She was violent. She was throwing haymakers or combinations or quick. Her and Amanda Nunes rematch. It's the fight to make. Everybody seems cool with it. We'll see if they make it. I don't see why he wouldn't. Spencer, she's going to be right back. She, at least Spencer's awesome. She'll be right back. She's not missing anything. She's probably like a fight and a half away from getting a title shot anyway. That division's not very deep, and she's really good. She hit Cyborg with some good shots, too. I think if she had a little more pop, they could have done a little more damage. But that, that was a pretty good fight. It was nice to see Cyborg bounce back. Her and Amanda Nunes make it happen again. They both say they want it. I don't see the issue here. Yeah, I know I know. we've talked about Cyborg before. She's She hits harder than most men in the UFC, so, I mean, that's... 
that's something to say about that. We've talked about that before, so. Yeah, if she gets angry and punches a hole in the wall, she punches a hole in the house. Like, I don't, nobody <laughs> wants any of that. And then the main event, probably one of the more intriguing featherweight matchups that we've seen in a while, Frankie Edgar versus Max Holloway. Basically the ultimate two when it comes to just throwing a buttload of strikes. My goodness, they probably both averaged 500 strikes a damn fight. It was amazing. I think this just kind of cemented Max Holloway. He's the man at 45. We knew that. Frankie has had an amazing career. I know he says he's not done yet. He might drop to 135 next, but I think his career's done. His his fighting style's kind of, I don't want to say it's been figured out, but it's very pop, 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 touch, 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 shoot, take down, touch. It's very point fighting. Like, it's not, people aren't really afraid of him when, they, when he comes in. They look to hit him back harder. Like, you saw Max, he did not, his hands were really low, even lower than normal for a lot of the fight. He just wasn't worried about Frankie hitting him because I know Frankie, like, he knocked out Chad Mendez. That was different, but he doesn't have a lot of pop on his shots and he doesn't really commit to him because he uses his footwork. He doesn't sit on them. He's pop, 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 move, pop, 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 move, pop, pop, shoot, take down. That Floyd Mayweather type offense. Like an, like an MMA version of that, more or less, too. Yeah. He's very touch-and-go, just with terrible defense compared to Floyd because Frankie's <laughs> nose comes into the fight pre-broken every time. But <laughs> so, And we saw Max just do what he does, the jab, the uppercut, the hands, the knees... He's the debate after this fight has been is he the best featherweight of all time? And I still give it to Jose Aldo simply because Aldo went ten years without losing. Seven title defenses where Max has, I believe, three. One again granted he has beat Aldo twice and Aldo's not out of his prime. I mean, with the he's Aldo's only lost to Max twice, Connor once in that punch from hell basically. And then this most recent one, the Volkanovsky. So Aldo's not gone by any means. It's not like Holloway beat a washed one. He didn't beat the best Aldo. He beat, he beat B-plus Aldo, not A-plus Aldo, but still counts, and he did it twice back-to-back. It's 1A and 1B for me at this point. I, I think this next fight for Holloway will be the real test. If he beats Volkanovski, I think you can say he's the best featherweight of all time. Everyone's just jumping the gun because they saw what he, Max did to Jose, and Joe Rogan spearheaded this one saying he's the best of all time. So every time Max looks good, it's like, that guy knows it. Hmm. So obviously, I, they're 1A and 1B, Holloway... Volkanovski is the next fight to make. Not a question. Volkanovski actually used to be a heavyweight weighing 218 pounds, like an unhealthy 218. And he's cut slowly, just cut away all the way down. Now he fights at 145. So you know he's going to have some freakish strength compared to a lot of the guys that Holloway's fought. I, I don't think Volkanovski... Yeah. He cut a small child off of his body. Basically. Actually, a pretty heavy fourth grader. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, that's an 80-pound fourth grader. Like, oh, goodness. He basically cut Frankie Edgar off of his body, honestly. But that's crazy. So that's very interesting to see how that strength translates. And I don't know how much weight Volkanovski cuts, because he obviously doesn't weigh two, that 218 or whatever it is anymore. But you you don't cut all the way down to, like, 150 comfortably. So he definitely cuts a decent amount of weight. He looks so good against Chad Mendez and Jose Aldo, like, last generation of featherweights, top two fighters, arguably. I'm curious how he looks against Holloway. Can he get inside? I mean, he made the joke like, well, I beat Mendez. Basically, I might as well fight Frankie and win the Battle of Hobbits at this point. <laughs> Max doesn't quite fall into the Battle of Hobbits. He's huge for the weight class. So I want to see those two match up. I want to see if Holloway can out-cardio, out-pace, out-strike Volkanovski or Volkanovski's freakish strength. Just And he has a really good pace, too, weirdly enough, for a big guy. He, he can push it as well. So that's the fight to make. I don't see any issues with that one. This was a pretty cut-and-dry card. It was a really good one. I loved watching them, but it seems like all the answers post-fight are right there. Like, hey, they're staring you right in the face. Shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. And now, one of the news pieces we saw for coming out of the UFC News Bank today, uh, BJ Penn 
will just announce he will fight one more time. I don't believe it. He said retired. he retired in 2012, 2014, 2017, 26. He retires all the time. He's lost seven in a row. He's one of the best of all time with one of the worst records on, of all time, unfortunately. Is he a guy that just stayed in it too long, do you think? Or just like, too, you know? He's a fighter at heart. He's always just like, oh, I, I can beat these guys. And he has the right mentality. I promise he should have hung it up a long time ago. He's, he just... He's too damn tough for his own good. He has the fighter's mentality, which is what made him so great. He's that Hawaiian scrapper to a T. He remembers the glory days. He was, I mean, walking around at like 171, he won the 170-pound title. He was the best lightweight champion we've ever seen. Most title defenses at lightweight, if I'm not mistaken. Immensely good, outstanding ground game. Some of the best boxing of the generation. He, weirdly enough, Frank Yeager, we talked about earlier, took the title from him. Very controversial the first time because of Frankie's style. Like, by points, it's like, well, yeah, but did he win the fight? In the rematch, Frankie shut all that down and clearly won the fight, but still. Since then, BJ just hasn't been the same. Age caught up to him, the damage he's taken, and just the way he fights. I mean, he fought Lyoto Machida at heavyweight in an open-weight bout, and Lyoto was weighing, like, 225, where BJ was a fat 190. That he basically had to force 15, 20 pounds on, you could tell. That's crazy. So, I love BJ. He's one of the best of all times. Clear Hall of Famer. I don't even like this fight with Nick Lenz. I mean, Nick Lenz is very beatable for BJ's skill set. Doesn't show a lot of threat on the feet. Grinding wrestler. Good fighter. Really good fighter. But not a lot to worry about. He's not going to submit BJ most likely. He's not a submission type guy. He might just kind of beat on him a little bit. But I just wish BJ had hanging up. I, I really hope this, if he does make this fight, it is his last fight. It's, he's a legend, and I just wanted to... I hope he just gets it. I just want to... I can't even put it into words. I just don't want him to fight anymore, man. Like, I yeah. remember him in his heyday, and I don't like seeing... It's the same with guys like Anderson Silva. All good things do come to an end. Chuck Liddell. BJ's came to an end so long ago, he's just, unfortunately, a little stubborn to a fault. Kind of like the George Foreman years, where now all you remember George Foreman for is his nice meat grill you get at, at Walmart. And, the, and seen on, as seen on TV. Basically, yeah, that's unfortunately. BJ Penn's more known for BJPenn.com than being the, one of the best fighters you've ever seen, so... Yeah. BJ, if you fight Nick Lenz, you, you're going to do it. Fine, I can't stop you. You're not even listening anyway. <laughs> Just go ahead and get this out of the way. Win, lose, or draw. Call this your last one. Don't think. Don't try and make another title run or anything. You're still one of the best of all time. Let's keep it. Let's try and keep it that way as long as we can. Yeah, we don't need, we don't need another George Foreman. I don't need a BJ Penn grill. I'm sorry, BJ, but that's just not... That's not on my to-do list for buying from Walmart anytime soon. Nice little Hawaiian grill to add Cook's Coconuts as well, whatever you need. Hey, little pineapple slices, you know what it is. So, so yeah, that's pretty much all for the fights this week. We got some good ones coming up next week. Colby Covington, Robbie Lawler, welterweight showdown. Possibly the next title challenger after George Masvidal. Maybe they fight George Masvidal after that. We'll see. Two conflicts of styles, former training partners, Robbie the brawler, Colby the high-paced wrestler. And we haven't seen Colby in a long time, and he's been talking a lot of shit, so you got to wonder if he backs it up. And Robbie's not a guy who talks shit. He just goes in there with a big, evil, scary look on his face like he's about to kill your entire family and tries to kill you. So That's not a man I'd ever want to see in a dark alley if he has that face on. I don't want to see him in a lit alleyway. Like, he's I mean, like the, the human equivalent of the Joker with that grin. It's just like, nah, dude, I'm good. Just, I, you, you have you. Just that evil look on his face. Like It's like you could not face him. Going to that Ben Askren fight, the look up. He was so intense. Like, his face did not flinch. He didn't blink. He just stared in Askren's soul the entire time. I was like, oh, okay, this is going to happen. <laughs> so, And then Colby Covington, he's been talking a lot. we got to see if he backs it up. I mean, he's an interesting character, and he definitely is a character. He plays one. So we'll see if he still has that same fighter skill that got him to the interim title fight in the first place. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, that does it for us today. Any last words? Darius Leonard, top 100. Get it right, players. Get it right. Yeah, definitely. And then as we move into August, it is already August 2019, by the way, one small short week away, um, which means we are 29 days away from the kickoff of college football, but less than that from the kickoff for the Hall of Fame game in the NFL. So we will be moving into NCAA and NFL re- or well previews going up soon, so stay tuned for that. But we will get with get more information as the time comes through. Hopefully next week we're talking about some big moves in training camp, a properly done top 100 list. We'll start looking ahead to division winners, who how we think records are going to go. We're not going to do full season predictions until after preseason because you never know how injuries go. Yeah. We're going to look at college football previews. A lot of good stuff coming up, plus a lot of big fights coming up these next two months. I can't wait. It's a, good, it's a great time. Plus, all the video game fans out there, Madden and 2K and FIFA are all within two months away. It's, it's a good time for sports fans. It's a good time of the year. Absolutely. Well, that does it for us here at Hilo Sports. And until next week, have a great day. Get Darius Leonard on the top 100. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.